did it get here? Where did it come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast from outer space. It's your boy Rob Scott. Um, our little guy Teabag, unfortunately, has some priors this weekend, so he's not available for uh, recording. So, we got Ryan Scott in the house tonight. Thank you, sir. You're a gentleman and scholar. Uh, we're going to do a little bit different of an episode for you guys tonight. We're doing a little breakdown of, uh, you know, kind of where the show started off. A little review of Stranger Things Season 3. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've probably already seen it. If not, this is a spoiler alert, so go ahead and uh, press pause and come back once you've uh, decided to binge watch about uh, eight hours of Stranger Things. Now, I'm pretty sure most people have already binge watched the entire season. I mean, based on the numbers alone that I've seen, I think you're right. Numbers? I thought Netflix doesn't release numbers. I mean, it, like, broke the internet. Like, all the numbers, streaming numbers. You shitting me? No, it's, like, the most watched Netflix original series in history, apparently. But, I mean, obviously, that's not... That's just a number that's going to continually be broken as these fire episodes and shows keep being released. I did not realize that. Um, well, we laughed, we cried, we got our action, we got some drama, and we tried to keep the door open three inches. Yeah, now I will honestly say, a uh, little dark this season. Right? I mean, I feel like it's progressively gotten darker as the series goes on, and the storyline, and as well as the monsters. Okay, Well, right off the bat, I mean, what did you think? Just first thoughts or opinions? I would say overall, you know, pretty much a tearjerker. Very emotional episode or season, if you will. That's what I'm saying. Very dark. A lot of uh, death. A lot of, like, uh, misogyny. Is that what the word is? (laughs) Uh, Depends what you're describing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like the guys being dicks to Nancy at the newspaper. Yeah, that would be okay. misogynistic. A lot of that, a lot of, um, uh, what do you call it? Like Russians uh, sneaking around, you know, nefarious. Like when they beat up uh, Steve and Uma Thurman's daughter, uh, you know, very serious stuff we're dealing with. They spared no expense, if you will. Uh, yeah, very, uh, but the, the entire, like, uh, arc of this uh, season was way more darker than it has been. And maybe that's because the kids are being older. I mean, we got freaking uh, Mike feeling up 11 in the room. Hey, Mike. (laughs) You know? Which is that... Is is that weird to watch? Was that weird for you to watch? I mean, dude, they're fucking teenagers now. That's what teenagers are going to do. Yeah, but is that like borderline um, teen porn? (laughs) I mean, they were not showing... Sex I said borderline, dude. I would say no. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I always think about that now when I go back and watch shows, because when I was a kid and I saw that, it was like, oh, they're adults, you know, because they were a older year. than oh, you. Yeah, and then now it's like, uh, I feel very weird watching this. 
Oh, I mean, like in mid '90s. Have you seen that? Yes, dude. You know when the uh, Sunny gets like uh, felt up by the older chick. Okay, that's a little. <laughs> yeah, that's where I thought this yeah, was going. Yeah, but I going. mean, that's like a very much more mature audience. For okay, that. you yeah. know what I mean. Like, you I feel are. like well, Stranger that is Things is Stranger Things is definitely for a younger audience, and we just got sucked into it. You know. Well, I feel like it's uh, both because we also got the nostalgia factors for the older audiences. Well, I mean, I'm not saying it's like directly for that. I'm just saying. Well, you just did say that. Am I wrong? <laughs> Dude, I'm Am just, I wrong? In my defense, I'm saying you're tr- you're going a little off topic saying that it's borderline teen porn. It was the defense. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Now let's to get into these Russians. Okay. Because opening scene, what do Are we think you about fucking kidding? Sorry, my iPad just died. What do we think about this opening scene? We got the Russians, uh you can tell they upped the budget, had the CGI with that whole, like, engine sequence, you know? I thought I was watching a Michael Bay Transformers. Well, did they? Because I feel like the main Russian guy seems like a... Let me let me think of the right word here. Main Russian guy? The guy that's chasing after Hopper the whole fucking movie? And then he gets, you know, incinerated at the end? Oh, the guy that looked like he was, like, a... Uh, he looked like a fucking knockoff version of Arnold Steve, Schwarzenegger. Of Steven Seagal. I was thinking Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. okay. Like Terminator. Yeah. But it's like, hey, we need this guy that looks basically exactly like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 90s, but we don't got the budget to give it to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, they maybe spent too much on that CGI because that whole sequence. Now, I will say, like I said, Transformers Michael Bay, but then when it exploded them and they just melted their their flesh off their bones like that was the opening scene yeah so that's what i'm saying it's very dark and very badass from the jump dude i mean i, I saw that scene and i was like okay I'm, you got me i'm this back is where we're going okay i'm watching uh and we watched it all in a day you watched it in one fucking day <laughs> yeah we had nothing to do Jesus it was the fourth of july now also I only watched two episodes a day. Going so off, I of, watched it in four days. Okay. Now going off of the Russians melting, the entire aspect. What did you think about the entire creature aspect in this season? Uh, again, very dark. You know, it's uh basically just a uh, hobglob of melted down humans. Yeah, but <laughs> be- melting <laughs> into like bones and shit. It reminded me of like uh. Some shit from The Thing, you know, John Carpenter's The Thing, or even Akira, like the monster in the end of Akira, how it's just all like weird bones and flesh shit, like a big old blob of just guts and... Yeah, I thought it was interesting. (laughs) Bones and dicks. (laughs) I thought it was interesting, though. So the whole time these Russian scientists are like, just basically blasting this energy force field at the what we assume is the gateway to the upside down, correct? No, there's a couple of theories there, and we got a story that we're going to get to, uh, a little mini episode, if you will, since teabags away, we had to cobble something together. But essentially, yes, portal, wormhole, um, 
gate, but then it's also in Russia. So I'm thinking like, you know how they say if you dig into the earth, you'll wind up in China? Well, apparently you end up in the upside down. <laughs> but is that so it's going into the earth or is this like in space time continuum, something like that? Well, that's what we just don't know. Okay. That elevator just goes very deep down into a hole under the mall. But under the mall, yeah. What I was saying is that oh, motherfucker. Oh, you know how they're like putting that green shit in there? That like Nickelodeon oh, slime looking shit. And also, yes, thank you for jogging my memory. What did that remind you of? Motherfucker. I had it on the tip of my tongue and now it's like a James Bond thing, right? The rock with oh, Sean Connery okay, and yes, Nick yes, Cage. Yes, yes. Yeah. Those little balls. Uh-huh. I, was like, I was like, is this <laughs> the, the exact rock? thing? And dude. Alex hadn't seen it, so I don't think I she feel- really understood where I was coming from, but that is exactly like Exactly to a T what her Dude, seriously, if you haven't seen The Rock, this was one of my all-time favorites as a kid, and I feel like this movie kind of flew under the radar. I remember my dad showed it to me, but I feel like not a lot of people have seen that, because I told the same thing to Lexi. I'm I was sure like, a lot of people have seen that, buddy. But, dude, all right, well, we need to do a poll and see. We'll do that on the Instagram this week, but that scene, a badass, and, like, Nicolas Cage is acting in that. I just want to make some rockets. <laughs> like all the dialogue in that is fucking awesome. Um, but check out the rock. But yes, that's exactly what the green shit. But back to what you were saying. So they're putting the green shit in there. Now what? So am I right in this theory that that is like a chemical substance that they're putting into this energy blaster to then spread apart the gate further? So it's like some plutonium maybe? Yeah, so then the monster mm. then is having these people that it like basically incepts eat fertilizer and cleaning chemicals and shit to break them down to become part of it. So mm. it's like this whole like Now really Now is that like some fucking like underlying meaning from the Duffer brothers like chemicals are just, you know, killing oh. our planet? I did. That's very deep thinking uh i wasn't it's like an onion dude there's different layers <laughs> yeah. to this shit. now i'm thinking okay first off i was very confused by the whole chemical stuff because why is all right these people are called the flayed right well yeah at first why was billy confusing. not eating the shit well i think we didn't but just, then he died anyways well yeah i know spoiler. But i'm saying <laughs> spoiler i'm saying at first since he's like the first one that you see get attacked by it, and then you don't really—he's like the leader. Well, well, that, and then also, Eleven like does her thing and contacts with him, like okay. what while it's happening, kind of. So I think that kind of interrupted us seeing him do all that weird shit. But I mean, plus but he's still, going around fucking, and he didn't melt into he's going it. Going around just fucking killing people. <laughs> Yeah, so he's like, he really uh, have time to be chemicals. yeah, he's like the dudes in Back to the Future, the well, Iranian. Well, also, I think that the monster is using him just to get people into its control rather than, have yeah, he's him like, uh, a part of he's like another part of the monster. What's you know that what guy mean? with the rat flute? <laughs> what the fuck? With the rat flute? He plays the flute and all the rats come to him, like Wilbur or something like that. I have no idea what you're talking He's about. like that. Pied Piper. Wilbur? Um, yeah, it's like, dude, you know this movie. He plays a flute and all the rats... A skin flute? No, dude. <laughs> a 
all the rats come to him. I'm I'm googling it. I have no idea, dude. And he can like make the rats like Willard. You remember that shit? No. Dude, tell me you don't remember this. No, that looks like the fucking dad from Back to the Future. That's Which, who it is. There's also it's Chris Berglovin. There's also a nod to oh. that a bunch of times in this And movie. maybe it is also Willard, because that's also Chris Berglovin. <laughs> and he's <laughs> it's a, just a nod to him. Yeah. But, okay. All right, back to Stranger Things, though. So, people made of bones. Uh, where, where were we going with that? Or was, monster made of bones? I was just talking about the the similarities in that the scientists are using some type of chemical weapon to open up the gateway. And then, you know, the monster that comes from that gateway is using chemicals to break down the bodies that become part of it. So you're saying as a zoom out, um, you know, let's watch what we put in our bodies that are making us these blobs and let's watch what we're putting into the earth. That's, that's killing the earth. Yeah. That's okay. making that. It's making right. Mother Earth mad at us. All right, now wants to kill us. How do we feel about the season switch up? We got a summer season. Summer season, mall season, surgical summer. Um, yes, the mall, the summer. I actually like that. I like the mall switch up. A lot of Fast Times influence. Dude, do kids still hang out at malls like that? Because I feel like that era of that kind of thing has kind of just died out because shopping malls are kind of on the downswing nowadays with Amazon and all the online shopping shit. Well, this is set in the 80s, so... I'm familiar with that. I'm just posing the question. I do not know. I mean, I think malls are dying slowly, but then every time I go to the mall, it's fucking crowded and I hate it. <laughs> this is true. But a lot of Fast Times influence, um, OG Dawn of the Dead influence in the mall when they're, like, fighting the monster. Also... um, you know the guy from The Princess Bride? Yes, the guy. Kerry, uh, fucking, I don't know how to say his last name. Kerry Elwes. Which guy is that in The Princess Bride? The main dude. Okay. Kerry, um, however you say his name. Kerry? Uh, did you get a little bit of uh, Jaws influence? <laughs> like he's like the mayor in Jaws, the shitty mayor? Yeah. Okay, I got okay. that too. And then also Sandlot with the pool scenes. Okay. Because think about it, Indiana, what do they got? The mall and the pool to in the summer. That's it. That's true. And then um, even Hop, little Magnum P.I. persona with the uh, Hawaiian. Okay. I mean, definitely you already touched on the Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, that with Steve and Robin working at the uh, ice cream parlor definitely reminds you of like the chicks working at the little diner in the mall. Or the dude working at the, what is he working at? The fucking seafood restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has to dress up like a pirate. Yeah. Um, okay. But also, now I got this more from the trailer, but also Jurassic Park. Like when the little girl sees the trees moving. Okay. Um. What is it, Mike's sister? Well, also when they're like hiding behind yeah, stuff. Yeah, the when mall, they're hiding when they're behind the, the car. Yeah, yeah, exactly like the kitchen scene in JP. Well, they are in the Orange Julius kitchen at one point, I'm pretty sure. Also, the new Coke reference I thought was great. They had to put that in there. Coke if we're going reference. off the times. Yeah, remember when... Um, Lucas? Lucas. <laughs> when Lucas is uh, drinking new Coke, and they're like, how can you drink that? 
Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, now, what else can we say about this season? I mean, it definitely seems like the female characters kind of took the uh, reins in this season, which was kind of a cool switch up, too, because you got, obviously, Eleven. You know, she's kind of like the backbone of the team, mm-hmm. holding it down, got her abilities. But she's always been that. But then it kind of starts off with Nancy working at, you know, the Hawkins Post. All those guys are just fucking straight up douchebags to her. Yeah, that was one of the most, well, I guess noticeable. And then just Joyce, you know, with the whole magnet theory, talking about why her magnets don't work and everyone's treating her like she's a fucking idiot too. Until they realize, put all the puzzle pieces together, you know? Now... How do magnets work? Honestly, I feel like science does not have a great understanding of how magnets work. Do you? Hmm? Do you know how magnets work? I mean, you can just always hit up Insane Clown Posse. (laughs) Um, Okay. Oh, now, even going back to this, the relationship with Mike and Eleven... Or going back to that? No, no, no. Like, the whole... Okay, do you honestly think that Mike was, like, a douchebag this season? I honestly don't like Mike. He's becoming my least favorite character. Uh, I don't think he's a douchebag. I just think... He's a spoiled little prick, dude. <laughs> Why? When he's, like, calling Hopper a piece of shit and, like, la- they're, like, laughing at him when he wants to, like, have a serious talk with him. Bullshit. If I was that, if I was Hopper, I would have fucking smoked that fool, dude. He would have got his wig split. He pretty much told him that he was going <laughs> to do that if <laughs> yeah. he didn't shut the Dude, I up. thought they were going to show that talk, like, later. Like, show what he said to him. He basically said all I needed to say on before he started driving. Yeah, that was pretty good. But that was the only time where he was kind of a little bitch. But, I mean, at the yeah. same time, it's like... That was kind of a fucked up move on Hopper's part, telling him that his grandma was dying. I thought it was warranted, the way that he was acting. <laughs> I mean, he w- was definitely kind of a dick when like Hopper would come in the room. Oh, and we're, I think we're in trouble, Eleven. <laughs> Douchebag. Yeah, but I'm saying, aside from that scene right there, he he wasn't that much of a bitch, you know? Okay, so... Scanner. I feel like I feel like Hopper taught him his lesson, and then he kind of moved on from being a little bitch. Okay, okay. Now, speaking of, like, women in the show, is it basically safe to say that Joyce is, like, cursed? <sighs> I mean, yeah, I think so. Pretty much everything she touched falls to pieces. <laughs> okay, single mom, so obviously didn't work out the first time. Then... Well, let's, let's go back. Season one. Loses her son. Yep. Season two, loses her love interest. Season, Season three. Season three basically is forced to choose between her love interest or her children. So obviously it goes Okay, so it's really a flip-flop thing here going on with Joyce. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like this season wasn't as much, like, can't really fall on her you know what i mean she was just i feel like she was actually the focal point in this season first season i mean she's really the focal point in the first season too well she's i would say more with will the whole time i would say more Eleven's the focal point in the first season because okay. you're following around her it's the story of this lost girl and then season two is like will 
Yeah, but season three is also like a lot focusing just on relationships in general. Mm-hmm. Because That's what it seemed to be. It has, you got Mike and Eleven, yeah. you got Hopper and Joyce, you got Nancy and Jonathan. You got Max and, and uh, Max Lucas. And, Lucas. and why and is Max also, just not a tomboy anymore? And then you also have Robin and Steve. And then you also have Oh yeah. Susie, and she was a big breakout character. People Susie liked her. And big wh- hit. What's his name? Dustin? Yep. It's all uh getting older. Finger banging. Yeah. Uh breaking out. Keeping and it the well open. the relationship between Steve and um Susie. Steve and Susie? I mean Steve and uh what's the what's Robin. Robin turns out to not to be. It's a friendship. Because she is Les. That's what she says. Every girl that w- Steve <laughs> ever went out with has gone Les. Uh, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? It's the whole, it leads up to them. But you, you think it's going to be a thing. But yeah, you know okay. what I mean? Okay. The whole time she's like telling him, oh, I had a okay. crush on yeah. you this whole time. But it wasn't him. She didn't say that. Why are you winking again? I'm not winking. <laughs> okay. Um, is the, Also, did they just basically say fuck the whole 11 sister punk gang thing? Because that episode <laughs> did so bad in season two? I mean... Because I was like, all right, come on. When are they going to bring in this this shit? I feel like there's just so much going on with all the other characters. They just didn't have the time to develop that. Yeah. Plus, I mean, if you think about it, that was only one episode. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I think they were trying to do like a test run of like, maybe we can do a spinoff series. And then everyone was like, what the fuck was that? And they were like, okay. They fucked up. Yeah, put a pin in that circle back. Uh, Well, now, though, they could still come back to it the way the season ended, if you think about it. Because you know how Eleven kind of seemed to lose her powers once the oh yeah very interesting infl- infiltrated too. her uh huh so you know now all right spoiler alert once again if you're still listening and you haven't seen it go fuck yourself um, when the mind flare infiltrates her we see her start to lose her powers obviously the season ends you don't really know what happened to Hop, but we're assuming that he either is dead, RIP, that he's either passed on or that he went into the upside down. Either one is now. But what I was getting to is that if she's not able to do her thing and, you know, her thing is, you know, the sensory deprivation and she can figure out where people are located. Remote viewing. Check our episode. If she can't do that. You know, maybe she calls on one of the other people with the special powers that can do that for her. Okay. So that's how it could tie back in. Mm. Possible, mm. but... Possible. That's a stretch, I think. Okay. Now, all right. Did we have any other comments, any other uh, review theories before we get to our grand coup de gras theory? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, because we have a couple of theories on... Yeah, we're going to drop a couple theories for you guys. But we're going to drop a preface, a story, a mini episode, if you will, first. And then we're going to hit you with some hopper theories. Now, um, if maybe eventually we could do a full one. I mean, this is a lot. This is dense. And we're just going to give you basically the pool skimmer 
Yeah, skimming the surface, yes. guys. Now, pro, uh, Montauk. on this. OG working title. The original working title of Stranger Things when they sold the show was Montauk. Remember? We discussed on episode one of this podcast. Go check that out. Um, Stranger Things season one, how they were influenced, everything like that. Now, Mo- Oh, Montauk. Yes. Uh, now, Montauk, uh, it's in what? Upstate New York? Mm, yeah, you could say that. Uh, Montauk, there's a base there where they carried out, allegedly, the military carried out a, a experiment known as the Montauk Project. Uh, this all came about in a book by Preston B. Nichols titled Experiments in Time, and this book basically details these supposed events. It's actually a series. There's like seven books, but I just got and read the first one, and in the book, it's basically Nichols uh, re- like doing regre- uh, regression hypnosis. Is that what it's called? Recovering repressed memories? Yeah. Hypnotic regression? Hypnotic regression? Hypnotic, yes. Okay. So, I mean, let, like this this goes very dense, and um, but there is some stuff to this because af- soon after this guy comes out about this stuff, other people started coming forward to corroborate some of his claims. And you can see this all as kind of like uh, these guys are... Um, Psychos? Not only that, but they're like... Uh, not all there? Uh, no, <laughs> not only that, <laughs> but... Uh, they're doing this just to kind of, it's a business, you know, UFOs, conspiracy theories. It's a business. These guys are trying to cash in. That's why there's seven fucking books. Um, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. Yes. Now he took that right from Jay-Z and experiments, (laughs) uh, but basically Montauk involves experiments in, uh, space, time and other dimensions, um, it's like we said, it goes very dense and it includes many other conspiracies, but essentially it, it, it leads up like it all starts in uh, World War Two with the Philadelphia experiment. Now, we did a full episode on that. So for the full in-depth look, check out that episode. But essentially in 1943, the military is they conduct secret experiments in a naval shipyard in Philly and uh, they're trying to make a ship invisible to radar. Now, the Navy never admitted that any of these tests took place, but according to uh, many conspiracy theories out there, this experiment not only succeeded, but it made the ship completely invisible and accidentally transported the ship to uh, Norfolk, Virginia, and after they realized this had devastatingly negative effects on the crew, the project was essentially shut down. Now, in 1984, they adapt a movie about the Philadelphia Experiment from a book um, that came out. And after seeing the movie in 1988, uh, 57-year-old Al Bielik, he says, Hey, I know this. I've seen this before. <laughs> yeah, and he's a, he says he's seen this somewhere. So it's all familiar to me. You know, hey, that happened to me. Um, He starts undergoing a bunch of new age therapies, and he's able to recover repressed memories of having worked on the Montauk Project. Now, in 19, uh, he worked on the project in the 70s and 80s. Um, He also claimed that his memories had been locked away by the government. 
Now, in your honest opinion, do you think this guy's completely full of shit, or do you think that he just got straight up Will Smith, got his mind erased, and then he's starting to slowly... Well, that's what he's saying. He says, like, the government, like, basically compartmentalized his mind. Like, we talked yeah, I mean, a little we bit... we talked about it on the episode, but... No, I'm but saying... we also talked about this on our remote viewing episode. The CIA was actively looking into this, so... Could have happened. Could have happened. No, I'm just asking your opinion, though. I'm not asking what you read. On this guy particular, Preston Nichols? Yeah. Oh, I think he's completely full of shit. <laughs> I mean, have you seen the guy? Yeah. <laughs> just look have up you, the guy. He looks like the most of these guys. The, this guy, though, particularly talks about working on all these like um, high level experiments in the government. He looks like the fucking dude in Toy Story, the chicken guy. You know what I'm talking about? Looks like a bum you'd see in downtown San Diego. Now he so he claims his memories had been locked away by the government using some type of mind control, um, and it, basically his memories start flooding back. His mind got flayed. Yeah, and this is and now keep in mind this isn't Preston Nichols. This is Al Bielik. Um, and he says that um, his memories start flooding back, and he says his name was isn't even Al Bielik, but his name is Edward Cameron, and he had worked on the Philadelphia experiment with his brother Duncan Cameron. Um, both of them were in their mid twenties. Now, Al Bielik told his story at a mutual UFO network conference, also known as MUFON. Uh, and he says the Philly experiment was real and he claimed that he is the proof. Um, now he said at this conference that sometimes that even makes sense. <laughs> well, oh, you want a... some proof? Just look at oh, me. Look I'm at the me. Guy. Hey, hey, UFOs. Just me. look at me. Yeah, uh, take a look. Now he says that uh, sometime, now believe. sometime in the 1940s, Nikola Tesla figured out how to make uh, the USS Eldridge, that was the ship, invisible, and in the process opened up a time wormhole into the future that the ship went through. Now the Cameron brothers were on board and they jumped off the ship and landed at Montauk's Camp Hero, which is actually still there to this day. It's abandoned. Um, on August twelfth, nineteen eighty-three. So they're in the worm. They're the ship's going through the wormhole, and they figure, hell, let's fucking jump off this shit. You think that's why they decided to use "We Could Be Heroes"? Well, not to camp, camp hero. hero. Maybe now Dude, you think I think they're really this deep in their fucking layering. That's pretty crazy. What do you mean? If that's actually the reason? That I they're... don't think that's the reason. <laughs> yeah, it I was know. probably just a cheap song yeah. to get. Yeah. Uh, now. So they jump off in the wormhole. They wind up at Camp Hero in 83. Now, keep in mind, the experiment was in the 40s, so they're all the way to the 80s. Um, the military finds them, and they're like, hey, what the hell are you guys doing here? Um, and they say, no, you got to go back, and you got to destroy all the equipment on the Eldridge. That's the military's grand theory. Hey, we're going to send you back in time. We accidentally made a time machine. Go back and just destroy everything. Makes sense. <laughs> now, uh, hey, if you need proof, just look at him. I mean, yeah, this is a story. Now, during that same speech uh, that he gave at MUFON, he described extremely in extremely broad terms how he had been de-aged, his memory was wiped, and he had been forced to live out the rest of his life as Al Bielik. Now, Bielik's stories go on to gain the attention of Preston Nichols, who went on to write the book, and... Preston says that he'd worked with Bielik on something called the Montauk Chair, a piece of furniture that used electromagnets 
How do they work? Uh, to amplify psychic powers. So, little chair. Um, it's like an electric chair, but for psychics. Like a Professor kinda like X. Kind of like the one that we see Eleven in in season one. Maybe. Remember no, she's yes. Like this strapped is strapped up to that chair. They're doing the electromagnetic tests on her. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is exactly where... I mean, Duffer Brothers say this was a huge influence. And I think they ripped the shit right from this. You will you can see. I mean, there's yeah. that. Um, now, Bielik also explained how in the early 60s, he acting as Edward convinced his father to have another child so they could transport Duncan's consciousness from 83 into the sibling born in 1963 to stop the de-aging. Now, he referred to this version of Duncan as a walk-in soul, and he also suggested that a 1983 accident caused him to begin aging rapidly. Now, an accident. So what, he just, like, trips on a banana peel and Benjamin Button all of a sudden? Apparently so. <laughs> and, uh, now, Duncan Cameron, the walk-in soul child version, in 19, born in 1963... Apparently had amazing psychic powers and became the focus of many of the Montauk chair experiments. Uh, Duncan could manifest objects just by thinking about them while in the Montauk chair. Now, one of the experiments Nichols describes in his book mirrors those performed on Eleven in Stranger Things. This is a quote from the book. says, The first experiment was called The Seeing Eye. With a lock of a person's hair or other appropriate object in his hand, Duncan could concentrate on the person and be able to see as if he was seeing through their eyes, hearing through their ears, and feeling through their body. He could actually see through other people anywhere on the planet. So there's like some body snatching shit? I guess, or all, uh, like remote viewing. Remember we talked about there's different level levels or I guess like versions of it. Is that a level of it that you just take over someone's body? Well, that's what they were trying to get to. We know that. Listen to that episode for more on okay, okay. like the CIA wanted them to be able to control someone's mind. And, and this is also, this mirrors the flayed, right? Now Nichols continued to experiment with Duncan who was such a powerful psychic that no one suspected he was a man from the distant past inserted into a new body. Uh, They also reported to conduct mind control experiments using special radio dishes at Camp Hero. Uh, Now, in this book, Nichols also writes of other boys being brought in and experimented on. That sounds really creepy. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Some some were sent through a portal into the void of space-time. And these abductees are known as the Montauk Boys. <laughs> it sounds like a... Uh, sounds like a fucking doo-wop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're the Montauk Boys. Uh, I'm here to do a little uh, couple of songs for you A little number you, you might know, the Montauk Boys. Now, just like uh, with Nichols and Bielik, since these stories come out, other guys from Long Island have rediscovered that they were frequently abducted from their homes by camp hero scientists who wanted to quote unquote break them psychologically so they could implant subconscious commands. 
Jesus Christ. Now that's more like our remote viewing. The CIA was trying to do this shit. I don't think they had... Well, why would they send a scientist to go abduct somebody? That's like the last person you would send. I don't know. Sounds really creepy and weird. Now, one story in the book describes how Nichols' superiors told him to turn on the Montauk chair and leave it running. As the story is written, uh, by having another time travel machine switched on, the Montauk Project successfully created a time wormhole to 1943 with power at both ends, as they had it on the ship and then the chair. Uh, Now, that's how Ed and Duncan came through the portal and that the events described by Al Bielik occurred. Now, Nichols kept the Duncan of 1943 away from the Duncan of 1963, going off the uh, Back to the Future theory. Uh, Future self can't meet your past self, you know. Back to the Future, yep. Yep. Uh, But quickly realized that time travel was way too complex and far too dangerous to be messing around with. That's the point that he he realized through abducting kids. And uh, then he's like, hey, he just looks up one day and goes, guys, I think this might be a little too dangerous. Guys, maybe we just go ahead and shut this one down. Guys, I think, uh, honestly, I think we might just need to shut it down. It's hard hard (laughs) keeping my brothers away from each other. Oh, my God, guys. I think we need to shut it down. It's getting a little too dangerous. Duncan can't meet other Duncan. Uh, now, the plan was devised to use Duncan to shut down the project. So this is them sending them back. And uh, this is where we get another Stranger Things callback. The monster comes into play. Now, this is from Preston Nichols' book. Another quote. We finally decided we'd had enough of the whole experiment. The contingency program was activated by someone approaching Duncan while he was in the chair and simply whispering, The time is now. The time is now. At this moment, he let loose a monster from his subconscious and the transmitter actually portrayed a hairy monster. (laughs) It was big, hairy, hungry, nasty but it didn't appear underground in the null point. It showed up somewhere on the base. It would eat anything it could find, and it smashed everything in sight. Several different people saw it, but almost everyone described a different beast. So that's just kind of like uh, you see what yeah, you, you want to see kind of thing? Which is kind of cool. Maybe they'll put that into some season uh, four type shit, right? Like, everyone sees some shit differently. There's, like, a lot of theories with UFOs on that. The monster feeds on your fears kind of thing? Yeah, maybe, like, a Freddy Krueger or um, Scary Terry. (laughs) You can run, but you can't hide, bitch. So, apparently, Nichols had to smash all the equipment that powered the Montauk chair before the beast disappeared back into nothingness. Now, after this project... After this, the project was basically destined to remain highly secret and not get out to the public. Employees were then brainwashed, and in 1984, the base was filled in with cement. Um, Now, Nichols and Bielik, uh, both dead, actually. Bielik died in 2011 and Nichols in 2018. But until their deaths, they both maintained that these experiments dealing with the expansion of human consciousness and future technologies are still going on somewhere Somehow, some way. In Russia. Got it. Yes. Now, some testimonials from Montauk survivors 
talk about alien life forms. Uh, these range from like classic grays to lizard people uh, to extra dimensional beings that appear in humanoid shape made from glass. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this is like maybe like a invisible man or like just a clear humanoid. Like uh, you've seen Annihilation. Yeah. Maybe like the thing in the end of that. Okay. Some this like, is getting a little too weird though. Well, these are just other survivors that are known to have been popping up here and there. Uh, I just thought it was interesting. Now, in 2008, there was the unidentified carcass of an animal washed up on the beach of Long Island, which took on the label of Montauk Monster. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with this. And what did we find? What did you find out about this? Well, the people that first initially saw it definitely thought it was like some type of hybrid animal thing. Um, all the news and st- people reporting on it confirmed that it was just a raccoon body missing its part of its jaw, which made it look kind of weird. Must have been a raccoon. <laughs> One report I read said that apparently like across the water from the site that it washed up was like some animal experimentation lab. So, I mean... Pff- you never know. Yeah. Now, do there. you think these raccoon writings off are just disinfo, government uh, well, cover up? I think it's kind of weird that it shows up and then just magically, oh, some guy just came and picked it up and took it away. Yeah. And who even took that picture? Exactly. So there's like a lot of holes in the story. Okay. And right. I feel like no one really took it seriously enough except maybe the government and then just obviously didn't say anything about it that there's no way to really tell what's what with that story, you know? Okay. Because they were just like, oh, it's a raccoon. Okay, it's a raccoon. Case closed. Yeah, well, as we said earlier, um, the old base is still there. It's abandoned, so it's just sitting there waiting. So if you're ever in Montauk... Check it out. Yeah, go check it out. Or if you have, let us know. And that's basically the gist of the Montauk Project, which is where the Duffers were influenced. Now, so here we go. Here's our grand theories. Now, what have we seen in Stranger Things? Obviously, we've seen the psychic um, experiments, you know, with Eleven, um, her sister. We've seen that whole aspect. We've seen the monster. We've seen the brainwashing. Yep. Now, what have we not seen? The time continuum. Well, the I guess if you, if you consider the upside down kind of a... Because it's definitely, I feel uh, like, a yeah. different time. But we haven't seen a straight-up time travel wormhole type thing, so Yet. maybe yeah. that's a setup for season four. And a lot of theories out there are that the American over in Russia, maybe Hopper somehow went through this. Maybe he's like Al Bielik, right? He goes in, comes out in Russia, gets captured, becomes prisoner over there. It's capped. Now, so do you think this is a strong theory? Is he really dead? Is he in Russia? Oh, there's also another theory that, because uh, if you see him, when him and Joyce are kind of looking at each other like, oh, shit, what's about to happen? And he kind of like looks down that stairway. Oh, yeah. The one another, that they actually went out. Yeah, there's another theory that maybe he went down further into the Russian base and there was more Russians down there that then captured him and got away okay. somehow through like some exit, and then that's how they capture him. But I feel well, like that makes sense. Yeah, but I feel like it's pretty hard to kidnap someone and then transport them all the way to Russia. 
I mean, it's not impossible. Well, yes, I mean, if you have built an entire underground base under a mall in Hawkins, Indiana, as a Russian, um, that's not too out of the picture. Yeah, but I think the theory of him disappearing into the upside down is a lot more believable because or going through the wormhole and popping yeah. out in Russia where they're doing the shit. Well, because it's like think about if you're in that situation, you're like, well, I've already kind of experienced what this shit's like, so. I'd rather be stuck in there than be fucking dead. Yeah. And uh, so we're thinking that could be a theory. Also, will we see maybe the gang, if you will, going to Russia? The gang goes to Russia? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. Or maybe, I mean, maybe this will involve some sort of teleportation, wormhole type shit. Now, what I'm thinking is really cool is maybe ripping straight from Preston Nichols' Montauk Project... Maybe they'll do a soul transfer, walk-in soul, where Hopper goes into the body of a kid, and he's playing around with the kids, you know? That's kind of I mean, <laughs> like, he's uh, he's one of the kids, one of the gang. Uh, I don't see that happening, but I think that definitely you could see him opening up that portal to the Upside Down again, and... You know, maybe he gets stuck in there. Maybe we do see Eleven needing some help to uh, get him out of there. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like really when you think about it, Hopper dying was kind of just like... uh, When Eleven dies in season one? uh, Well, you you think. But see, with that, you could tell. Like you were like, oh, they've set this up to where she sacrifices herself. But then... But it's the same kind of thing. But with Hopper, it was like just kind of quick. Yeah, but he, it was like, oh shit, and then he's there, and then it was like, oh, he's dead. Yeah, but it was like, if he doesn't sacrifice himself, then the portal doesn't get shut, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, so also just one last one. Um, now, do we think the American could be somebody else? Oh, and also, here we go. My theory with Hopper. Okay, the Duffers. We know they're huge fans of, like, Jaws. Um, They're huge fans of Spielberg. E.T. Yeah. That's a Spielberg film, right? What does Spielberg do in that film? What's classic Spielberg E.T.? I don't know where you're going with this one, buddy. Remember the scene where E.T. dies and Elliot's, like, crying? And it's like, oh, oh my God, everybody's crying in that scene? And then it's just like, I'm just kidding. His chest lights up. Spielberg, come on. Are you fucking kidding me? Okay. So maybe it's like the Duffers. I mean, they did it in season one with Eleven. Story arc. And they gave us that ego teaser. But see, they gave us the ego teaser of you know exactly she's alive. With that, they just said the American. So it could be... It's up to your interpretation. Yeah. Now, but I mean... Yeah, but who else would it be, you know? Could be the crazy conspiracy guy. Could be. But, uh... Well, no, because you... Don't you see him? I don't know. Honestly, I'd have to watch it again. You see him at the end with Joyce, and he's like, where's... He asks where he is, you know? Yeah, but maybe he got taken after. I mean, we don't oh, know okay. how much longer after that scene is. Or maybe it could it's be... It's a couple months, remember? It oh, yeah, three months later. Could be anyone, really. Three Really, it's anyone's later. guess. It's up in the air at this point. But I think a strong contention that it's Hop because the Duffers there are going to 
make him die. They're going to do this whole sad letter to get everybody crying on the 4th of July. And then next season, here we fucking go again. It's it's the gang going to Russia to save Hopper. That's my theory. That's my take. <laughs> I like the theory. I'm still going to go with the theory that Eleven has to call someone, call on someone that either maybe we were familiar with, maybe we're not familiar with, to help her f- locate Hopper. But I don't know if they go to Russia for it. Okay. Well, there you have it. A uh, little review, little mini sode. Um, let us know what you guys think. Let us know uh, if you got any theories that we haven't heard on on season four. On that. As always, guys, love interacting with you. Feel free to hit us up on Instagram, uh, Podcast from Outer Space, as well as the email, podcastfromouterspace at gmail.com. And if you have any other questions, concerns, uh, our website is going to be podcastfromouterspace.com, where you can also interact with us as well as check out our merchandise. Right now we've got stickers, T-shirts on there. Uh, they're going quick, so go ahead and get your hands on some, and we got plenty more stuff coming your way. Yes, and um, if you're going to be at uh, San Diego Comic-Con this weekend, come say hi, find us. Maybe we'll be palling around down there, um, <laughs> checking it out, handing out some stickers. Um, stay tuned, and uh, we're going to be back with another Spider-Man installment next time, so stay tuned for that, and uh, stay safe, everybody. God bless you. There's no way I could say